Mm. Oh, hi, Bo. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? It's a very personal question. I don't have to answer that. (laughs) Nice to see you again. You still don't have very good locks on your doors. Oh, um... Thank you. Uh, well, we'll get. We'll look into that. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm experienced the good life on tour with fangs. That's right. And it took me some time to deal with being one of the regular people again. Oh, sure, so, uh, understandable. So I got to start up a business. I got to make all my money back. Spent it all on food on the tour. And it turns out they give you food, and I didn't know that. Oh, no. So, anyway, I'm starting a detective agency. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you have Do you have any history in that, or? What? You know, anyone can do it. It's easy. There's books about it. I've been watching Baywatch Nights. <laughs> I'm ready to go. So, first thing we start with, those locks. Okay. My, my professional recommendation as you fix those. Oh, okay. Thank you. It's nice to be back and nice to be here on your podcast again. It's always I'll be sitting in for the whole show. Oh, wow. It's always a treat having you, Bo. Let me go home. Why won't you let me go home? Whoa, yeah. This is the worst trip since I have been born. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello, everyone. We're joined today. Oh, I came no. out of the bathroom and I found out we have a third host. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's oh, me, Bo. I'm the new third host on Sadie Hawkins. Said, what is this thing called? <laughs> Any top of the show business? I'm just kidding. That was my Bo impression. The actual Bo left. He walked out the front door. He said he was going to get parts from the car and he'll be back. Oh, oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> this is what it's like living with me. Oh, You my- folks only have to put up with this <laughs> like an hour or two a week. Speaking of, did we uh, get the final results for that poll you put up oh, last week? Oh, that's right. The poll. Yeah. The poll, because I wanted to tweet that joke about Reliant K. The Nintendo Fusion Tour is arcade. And you were like, this makes no sense. And you started giving me all these notes about how I need to make more references to make it clear that you got to say it out loud so it sounds like the word arcade. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm keeping it like this. And then we tweeted. We tweeted that. Did I? Hold on. Where is it? We tweeted, was Danny right or was Jessica right? And And I posted it. I said, no context on the Twitter poll was Danny. Who was right? Jessica or Danny. Now I said no context, so people had to listen to the episode and figure out did the arcade joke, arcade, Nintendo Fusion tour, did that make sense? But seventy six percent of twenty one voters said you were right. That now to me all that means is I should have taken your notes on fleshing out the joke with extra words. Mm-hmm. And I decided to keep it to the point. I also though, you know, I posted the um I posted the arcade tweet as a poll and I said, does this joke make sense or what? And I didn't say, is this, you can listen to last week's episode or two weeks ago. Uh I don't remember anymore. Uh It wasn't, is this joke funny? That was almost what I said. It doesn't have to be funny. It just has to be, does it, did it make sense? Right. Almost 50 50. Wow. The Nintendo Fusion Tour was arcade. 
It said 47% of people said this joke makes sense. 53% said what? (laughs) I'm a misunderstood genius. I couldn't say it with a straight face. Wow. Well, any voicemails? (laughs) I'm pretty sure we do have voicemails. And you can call 402-95-SADIE if you want to leave us a voicemail and remind and tell Jessica what what a misunderstood genius I am. We have a couple of voicemails, so here's the first one. Hey, Danny and Jess, this is Matt Kemp again. Uh, Just caught up to the Halloween episodes from last year, which is almost, I guess, Halloween in a month. And, uh, the commentary about Kermit the Frog is totally spot on. I've actually met Steve Whitmire, who used to be Kermit in the 90s, the ones we grew up, the Kermit we grew up with, rather. Um, he's such a nice guy. He also did Rizzo the Rat, of course. Um, the one they have now, Matt Vogel. Uh, not to be too harsh on another Matt, but the fact that he was Constantine and Muppets Most Wanted was just, you know, shows you that, like, he did a bad Kermit impression as Constantine, so, like, why would they make him Kermit? That's so funny. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so our last Halloween episode, we talked about the Disney Plus Muppets Haunted Mansion crossover special, and right. we talked about how awful the current <laughs> Kermit voice is. It's It's almost like it's a joke, and that Disney has just stuck with it. It's not good, and it makes no sense because... Anyone can do a Kermit impression, except the guy they have doing Kermit nowadays. And I didn't realize he's the guy who did the evil Kermit from Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah, wow. You didn't see Muppets Most Wanted. Right? I did. Yeah. We saw the the first Muppets Disney movie in the yeah, theater together. Which and was then, enjoyable. Yeah. And then I, by the we time had the no next interest. one came out, I didn't really particularly want to see it. Yeah, we but had no you interest did, in it. So. Well, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it years later on video by myself. Okay. And the thing about Muppets, the, my main takeaway from Muppets Most Wanted is it's very up and down in terms of, like, enjoyment. And, I mean, like, I definitely remember the commercials that played right. pretty incessantly. There's a lot of really, like... Like, there were a lot of head-scratching moments. There's a lot of head-scratching scenes. Like, oh, this is what's happening right now. But then there were amazing Muppet scenes. Like, building off of what we know of these characters. Like, the relationship with Miss Piggy. You know, Kermit and Miss Piggy's relationship. Like, there's a lot of, like, amazing... As if, you know, the Muppets has been this long-standing franchise. And we know these characters. There's a handful of really amazing moments between these characters we've known for generations but it's couched in a movie that's just like feels really slapped together in terms of its story and its premise they Mm -hmm. were just like what can we do a european vacation with a (laughs) with a a, a, he gets mixed up with a criminal that looks just like him like that's so tropey and i know that the muppets are known for making fun of tropes but there's something about the way muppets most wanted did it it doesn't feel like they're taking the trope and doing a Muppet spin on it. They're just doing the trope. Anyway, I do want, there's more to this voicemail for Matt. Uh, full time, Muppet Time Mansion is a great show, but like, as you said, Kermit's voice is just not correct. And what they did to Steve was um, pretty reprehensible, in my opinion, for voicing his opinions about, um, I believe it was the 
I can't remember what show it was. It was the one on ABC uh, back in early 2013 or so, maybe. Uh, but in any case, yeah, the St. Louis show, it was ice everywhere. There was snow everywhere. I'm just so glad that the boys decided to go through with the first show. Um, it was advertised and sold out. All of us fans showed up. And that the pageant was full that first night. So it was a great show. Um, very uh, memorable so is the Orlando one, of course. Um, but in any case, yeah, back in 2009, uh, when I got tickets to Jay Leno to see the band with Tom Wilson um, on acoustic guitar, uh, that was great as well. I went with my friend Philip. I was working at Disneyland at the time. I was living in Orange County. We drove, I believe it was raining that day, actually. So it took us a while to get to the studio because, you know, Californians, when it rains um, on the freeway, they go, like, turtle speed. Um, but, yeah, uh, keep up the great work, guys, again. Uh, I'm listening to your new episodes, trying to listen to your new episodes as well as the old ones back-to-back, um, -back, so kind of sporadic order. Um, oh, yesterday, or the day before, when they released more vinyls on S. MLXL, I guess Forget Not Slow Down sold out in 45 seconds, Air for Free still available as of now, I think, but the way, I, I'm trying to get a hold of that vinyl, um, if you guys have any leads where to get um, a copy for a decent price, because you know price gouging on eBay is ridiculous, um, but in any case, uh, talk to you later, keep up the great work. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't, they must not have even advertised that forget not slow down. Yeah, because I I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't see any email any emails or tweets about it. So that's yeah. I just saw the wild. one yeah about air for free, and then today I saw an email about uh, they're doing another pressing of the uh, Christmas, Christmas album. Yeah, yeah. We have everything. Oh, we have all the feature length, <laughs> full length albums. Um, <laughs> we were just lucky. We got our copy used from someone when we just started this podcast. Yeah, like we it was like the first several months and I don't even know if it, I can't remember who sold it to us. I don't know if it was a listener or someone who I knew through other social media stuff that I do. And they're like, oh, you're doing a Reliant K podcast. I have these this vinyl for sale. And that's how we had a couple. I can't remember which albums we had, but we had a couple of albums. And then we just like instantaneously finished our collection of full lengths, like right when the podcast started yeah. so i don't have any tips on how to get a decent price uh, no i mean just keep checking discogs i guess yeah definitely like sign up for discogs put it on your wish list they'll send you an email all the time now that you know something for decent price they're probably not very decent price on discogs ebay is always going to be way more price gouging than discogs if something's on discogs it's going to be more of a real fair market price whereas on ebay if it's the only copy on ebay they'll put up there for like an insane price discogs like shows the history of everything it's actually sold for so um yeah i have a lot of stuff on like discogs uh wish list that i hope you know will one day show up and then i'll buy it instantly I like. Is, is this you being like one of those Instagram model ladies or whatever, where you're like, <laughs> you have a link to your Amazon wish list in the bio? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what's funny? I recently just cleaned out. <laughs> That's what you're going to put as a link in our bio. It's just your Discogs wish list. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I just cleaned out my Amazon wish list after years and years of like, and, and you know, my Amazon things in my Amazon wish list for like tw 15 and 20 years. 
because now some of those like CDs that I put in there, first I'm like, oh, I probably don't really want this CD. At this point, I only buy certain CDs that I really want. But like some of the random CDs that I've had in my list on Amazon for 20 years are now like 80 bucks when they used to just be a regular like $10 because they just keep going right. up in price. Yeah. Amazon is also not a fair marketplace because what happens there is... 20 people have a copy of a pretty common album on CD for sale and 20 people list it and 19 of them get sold. And the 20th one is on there for like $300. And because it's the last one on there, no one wants to come to Amazon to sell their record and post it for less than $300 because they're confused. They're like, Oh, this is worth $300. And you're like, no, go to Discogs or eBay. If the pecking order goes, ridiculous false pricing is Amazon for used media. Under that is eBay. It'll be sort of fair. You're paying a little bit more for the convenience, especially when it comes to movies and video games. But when it comes to records, you want to go to Discogs because you actually know which pressing you're getting. You're going to know it's going to be a fair market price. There's going to be way more copies of almost everything on Discogs than there are on eBay. So that's the pecking order. Unless you're you're looking to buy VHS tapes, then if you go to eBay, it's like they're just really price gouging you there. Insane amounts of money for rare titles. Anyway, I liked the uh, ABC. I don't know what the guy who I don't know what I don't remember everyone's name anymore. But the original good Kermit, not the original one, which was Jim Henson, but the most recent good Kermit. I don't know what he said about the ABC sitcom they did, but I liked that show. I, I really enjoyed it. And the news at the time was like, oh, the Muppets have gone dirty and adult. It's like, it's like a dirty, dirty show. I'm like, this is no more, this is cleaner than most, than any other like sitcom on primetime television. Right. It's just like, they've got jobs and girlfriends and like Fozzie dates a human in an episode. But whoa, it's, whoa, whoa. But what? he's just, but it's, it wasn't that dirty. It was just this like narrative that got out and everyone thought, oh, this is for adults. And the Muppets were kind of adult when they started out. They were kind of PG-13. Like Jim Henson was an out yeah. there dude who didn't like, <laughs> necess- you know, it's things got things later on. They like refined yeah, have you seen the those brand. coffee commercials. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got more voicemail. So thank you, Matt, for calling. And then we have Thanks. a voicemail from Jacqueline, who we call who we mentioned last week was the reason that we did um the song we did last week fallen man <laughs> couldn't remember the name fallen man hey guys it's me jacqueline um thanking you for playing my song um it's very it's, it's i know that forgiven and fallen man are twinkies i'm sorry i let you do that uh next time i ask for a song you don't have to play it right away <laughs> i love your i love your show it's, Amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Bye. Thank you. I think it worked out great to have done Forgiven and then Fallen Man back to back. Since they are so similar. Yeah, they are twinsies. But not only that, to have to figure out, well, we didn't figure out, but to assume, to get onto the narrative that possibly they had both these songs and they were like, we can only put one of these on the album because they're yeah. too similar. Yeah. Now, Dan, when you asked if we wanted to do Sloop John B, the, this this uh, episode, did you realize that we've now done three five score era songs in a row? I didn't realize that. No, <laughs> I did realize that all throughout this summer and now it's like this is the first week of 
where like legal summer has ended because you know the last day of right, summer is right, actually yeah. in september yeah we're in fall this whole season has been like this song's not on streaming we have another voicemail before we get right. into sloop john b but yeah we're doing sloop john b this week and we've been doing a lot of not on streaming songs right and we keep having that discussion of oh this is a deep cut no this is a deep cut <laughs> oh no this is a deep cut but we'll get into that in another minute so this voicemail is from a new caller samantha a new samantha not a previous samantha and it's a little rough to hear it i'll try to fix it up clean it up as much as i can but i think it's a pretty important voicemail it's actually split in two so i did want to play this hey there guys uh my name is samantha w uh born and raised in fort lauderdale currently living in dallas i am 32 and i called because I just finished listening to the song, I Am Understood, or am, <laughs> uh, I Am Understood, and I really felt like it was put on my heart to really just share in an experience with you guys. And I know that this is a three-minute-long tap, and I'm hoping I don't go over it, but when I was, I want to say, 16, maybe 16, I felt like I was going through the hardest time of my entire life because, you know, I was an angsty teenager. This is 2006. Do you guys have an idea of like, where I was with my life at the time? I had become a born-again Christian, I guess. Like, I don't know, I was probably like 13 because, you know, my parents took me to, well, my mom took me to church. And it just seems like a really cool thing to be a Christian. So, you know, I converted and... I think it wasn't until I was about 16 that I felt God's presence for the first time when I was listening to this song. I was going through just a lot of teenage angst and depression. And I don't want to diminish it because my experience and what I went through was still really hard for somebody my age. And I know that, like, my mom when I told my mom how I was feeling and my depression and how I was feeling, you know, not okay, she told me, yeah, it's just a phase you're going to get over it. And um, I think that night was one of the nights where I sat down and I contemplated, like, my life, and I was like, does I even want to be here anymore? And that song came on shuffle on my little Santa MP3 player because my mom was too cheap to be able to afford iPods. Um, so I had this, like, knockoff thing, and I just remember not even realizing I had the song on there, not even realizing that. And then Samantha calls back to finish up this discussion right here. So, um, you know, the song comes on, and I hear it, and I had heard it before, but I think this was, like, the first time that I felt the lyrics speaking through me and through me as opposed to just me listening to it. So that was uh, my first moment realizing um, that this band had touched on something. Like it was almost like they had tapped into the divine energy and it was speaking to me through them. And that was like ultimately like my first time really giving my life over to Christ and being like, yeah, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Um, and so I kind of want to fast forward a lot because this is now 16 years later. Um, and 
I learned from that experience in my life so much, and one of the things that I held on to was that feeling of God being with me, and that that feeling of, like, you know, God is always with me. And there was a point in my life where I just, I was so mad at God for a lot of things. I think I was, like, 21 when I finally stopped being a Christian. And I went through this phase in my life of, like, hating God because, I don't know, I thought I was cool. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what my issue was. But I do know that um, I have reconnected to God in my own way now. And what it looks like to me now is so far and removed from what it looked like to me as a Christian, but I still talk to Jesus. Like, Jesus is still a part of my practice. He's a part of my life. Like, he still talks to me through Relaxay in a lot of ways because I could track my spiritual journey and my spiritual growth through all of their albums, including my loving, my romantic relationships too, through all of their albums. It was almost like they were following me through all these stages of my life um, so I got really excited when I found your podcast, um, and I just want to say thanks for, uh, connecting with a band that, you know, a lot of my friends made fun of me for, for liking them, because, like, they knew I was Christian, and they were just like, oh, you know, that's so lame, but, you know, it's really cool to see that there are people out there who can still appreciate Reliant K as a band, and, you know, I... I don't think they meant to do what they did for me, what they did for me, but I'm really glad that they did. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Samantha. Samantha, right? Samantha. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. That's similar to our own sort of feelings about Relying K and the way yeah. that we've <laughs> the way that we've discussed them and and the way that they connect to these ideas and these thoughts and they came at they they put these songs together through the lens of their faith but i think it speaks to ideas that are true no matter what no matter what you believe and no matter what you feel like christianity does or doesn't whatever you think the place of christianity not christ christianity in our world no matter your feelings on that i think relying k's message is always true because it speaks to more than just the lens of their faith with a few exceptions. Like what have you been doing lately? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, I love hearing about how Reliant K is connected to people. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why we have this podcast and a voicemail line is because we want to hear from you and, and we want to hear those stories and, and share that with others. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for, and sharing all of that. That's amazing. Well, and hey, shout out Fort Lauderdale. You excited? The Mike High is coming back soon. What? what? (laughs) That's right. They've got a new thatched roof going up right now. I get their emails. (laughs) Oh, I hope it holds up with the storm. With the oh my gosh, that's right. Oh, everybody in Florida, I know there's a lot of you. Be safe with the storm. Uh, This is coming out. We do have a lot of Florida listeners. Jessica's parents are in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad is sometimes in Florida. That's right. My dad's in Florida. I got to double check if he's there right now. Yeah. <laughs> he goes back and forth between Massachusetts and Florida now. Sometimes I call him and he's like, I'm in Florida right now. And other times he calls me and he's like, I'm in Massachusetts right now. And I'm like, I can't follow your jet setting ways. <laughs> yeah. As of right now, I think they said that like the, the Tampa area and uh, Clearwater are going to get hit pretty hard. So stay safe out there, everybody. Yeah. 
speaking of storms, I think there's a storm in this song, <laughs> right? <laughs> this week we're talking and about... how appropriate that we just so happened to just watch the, uh, the episode of Baywatch where there's a storm. Right. That spoiler warning kills one of the main characters yeah we won't we won't say who in case you're doing yeah. the baywatch watch along with us <laughs> baywatch watch along with Sadie the baywatch along <laughs> you know i've been thinking like when we finished every real line k song i was like oh we could easily do a baywatch podcast but there's a pretty popular baywatch podcast called baywatching and they already exist sure, sure. so we would just be like following in their coattails which technically this podcast was built off of the idea of a Blink-182 podcast that's bigger than us. Semantics. But semantics. still, yeah, but I mean, yeah. song by song podcasts are a thing. You can't, we wouldn't do Blink-182, a Blink-182 podcast at no. this point. But yeah, Baywatch. Us doing a Baywatch podcast. Oh, that'd boy. be great. Anyway. <laughs> at Baywatch nights at the very least. I think there might be one out there, but. <laughs> so Sloop John B, we picked this song. I picked this song this week. Just for the heck of it, because it's on the list. And yeah, we're doing like all of these It's Only on YouTube songs recently. Right. And this is technically one of them. Yeah, there was an official, quote unquote, official recording of this track at one point. And it was, I'm pretty sure, just the audio pulled from the Live at Capital session. But it was released as an iTunes bonus track for the deluxe edition of Five Score, but has since been removed oh. and has disappeared, according to Reddit, from libraries, iTunes libraries as well, which is something that we talked about oh, last week. Oh, like, Man. Where I was like, yeah, I was like, I know I, I listened to and had Fallen Man, but then when I went to my iTunes library, could not find it. Now that you mention it. So yeah, so that ties, so it's so weird. We're doing this weird, like every week, <laughs> there's been a connection to the previous week. We did Forgiven, and then Fallen Man turns out to be the same basic song, <laughs> and they're connected in that way. Then Fallen Man has that iTunes thing where it's an iTunes exclusive track, and then it just disappears. And then again, this week, we're back, it's the same thing. So this song is on, is mainly found on the, Five score and seven years ago deluxe edition on the DVD that comes with it, where the band plays a couple of songs, performs a couple of songs live in front of a, like a video crew, a television crew, multiple cameras set up. If you've never seen it, it's on YouTube. It's been ripped from the DVD and it's on there. They do a couple of songs from five score and they talk about where they are as a band. It's everyone who's on the five score record, John, John, Dave, Matt and Matt. They do mostly five score songs. A couple of mm -hmm songs. We've talked about it here yeah, and there when we've done songs mm -hmm performed songs, from yeah. there. But then they do this cover of Sloop John B, which is most known as a Beach Boy song, although we'll get into it. Spoiler warning, it's not a Beach Boy song originally. It's not a song that they wrote. It is a folk song that was first performed by a different pop group. And then the Beach Boys kind of upped it even more from there. So yeah, this song technically, except you just said it might have been in an MP3 format on iTunes at some point, And it's been scrubbed from the internet. And I see it's never been released in any other way, except when you said all that, I was like, let me double check. There's a record. There's one record. One, seven, one of the seven inches from the seven inch series 
And I don't know which volume this is, but it's the one, it's from 2016. It's called the Reliant K Capital Studios 7 inch. And if we, I don't know if we've mentioned the 7 inch series for anyone who's never paid attention to these of Reliant K, but for well over a decade now, they've been doing these 7 inches and they release them every, a couple of them every year or something like that. And they're always two songs on a 7 inch and they're in these plain cardboard sleeves. With a, with a plain black sticker that always has a little icon that represents, you know, where the two songs come from. There's always a theme. There's like, here's a couple songs from an early record. Here's a couple songs from an, from the creepy EP. The 7-inch series became a big confusing thing for me with Vinyl Countdown. Because the original Vinyl Countdown had nothing to do with the cardboard 7-inch series. It was just its own 7-inch released the first, the second Reliant K vinyl ever released or the first I think it was the first and then they repressed it as part of the seven inch series they had to break it into two seven inches because the seven inch series is only two songs at a time whereas the original vinyl countdown was four sorry I just wanted to nerd out (laughs) about vinyl countdown for a second (laughs) but yeah I guess that's the only other way that you can get this song simply as an audio format like officially purchased is from that seven inch. Yeah, it's the side A and the side B is who I am hates who I've been. Okay. And for a while, now it's sold out, but it was available on Collide Records along with Selfie 1 and 2. Right, and our Selfie 1 and 2 are recent songs. They're songs from the Air for Free era. No. Oh. Uh, Selfie 1, which was lime green in color. Side A was Hello McFly. Side B was Wake Up Call. And then Selfie 2, which was green. Side A was When You're Around. And Side B was Seventeen Magazine. Okay, so those are actually from the... Oh, self-titled. Selfie. I get it. See, now when they were called Selfie... I thought that I thought one of them thought would have look on up. Look on up. Oh no, we just talked about the seven inch for look on up because it has terminals on it. Right. Terminals and look on up are on this are are on their own seven inch together. That came up when we did terminals recently. Another song that we did in this series of it's mainly on YouTube nowadays. Right. So if you want to hear this song, the main way to go hear it is it's on YouTube. One YouTube channel called like Hard to Find Christian uploaded like a pretty good audio rip where it seems like they really took the DVD and, you know, stripped the audio out of the DVD and put it into a good high bit rate YouTube upload. You can also watch the video of them playing this song edited to just the Sloop John B section that was uploaded like 15, 13 or 15 years ago on YouTube. But that's a really low bit rate video. The best way to watch it is to go and watch the full Live at Capital program, which I think is only 20 minutes. That was also uploaded to YouTube in the last six years because that seems to be the full raw DVD format with no real compression put directly on YouTube. So that's the best way to watch the video now if you don't have the yeah. DVD. Now, if you're like Samantha and your mom will only get you a <laughs> shuffle MP3 player, you can go over to Reddit. And again, there is a link with a Google Drive that does have it on there, though I cannot right. speak to its quality because I did not try and download the track. But if you just sort of search, because I came across it in my deep dive. So if oh. you just search Sloop John B. Reliant K, <laughs> that Reddit thread should come up and you'll be able to find a link. And that reminds me, we're going to get into Sloop John V in just a minute, (laughs) but that reminds me of another important piece of top of the show business from last week. 
Hope for Every Fallen Man, which was the which is the name of the acoustic version on Burn the B-Sides, but the original full electric rock version, just called Fallen Man, was an iTunes exclusive B-Side to uh, Must Have Done Something Right. I'm rephrasing all these things just in case this happens <laughs> to be our big, our, we're going to get that Beach Boys bump, all the Beach Boy <laughs> podcast listeners who want to hear how we treat Sloop John B. The, a full electric rock version of Fallen Man, you know, it's been scrubbed from, you know, an official way to hear it on the internet. So you can only hear it from fan uploads, right? And then while we were on this podcast last week, I'm like, hmm, there's this Capitol Records compilation on CD uh, advertising Stride Gum called Chew It Up. And it seems to have the Fallen Man full rock version on a CD, so I was like, it's less than 10 bucks. I'll order it right now. And I did. And it arrived. And it was the full electric rock version. So nice. I was able to create a wave file and a FLAC file, which, you know, are uncompressed audio formats. That's the significance there. Because if you want to hear the full electric rock version of Fallen Man, your only options are YouTube. And if you don't care too much about fidelity, that's fine. But I'm like, the electric Fallen Man rock version borders on lost media right so we don't want to lose the ability to hear fallen man in full uncompressed format so i created a flac file and i shared it to our twitter account nice and i also uploaded that to youtube which youtube does some compression no matter what you do but still you can go get the flac file from our twitter you can go get it from the reliant k discord if you're on there <laughs> I, I shared the link there and then you can go check out the YouTube video we uploaded to our YouTube page. So that was important. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. So, and oh, and John oh, Schneck shared it. When oh, I nice. posted this, John Schneck shared it. So speaking so. of John Schneck, uh, personnel for this, as you mentioned, this is full-on five-score era. And we have Schneck on banjo for this uh, track. Uh -huh. You have Warren on bass, uh, Dave on drums, Thiessen's on piano, and Hoops is on uh, an acoustic, acoustic guitar. guitar. And Schneck plays a little bit of the Glock at the beginning of the song. Right. It's mainly Thiessen and Hoop singing as well. Right. Warren gets a little feature in there, and then uh, Dave and Schneck really just harmonize. Right. And Dave does a lot more harmonizing on this. The person who sings the least is Schneck. Yeah. <laughs> He's singing the least. The other four are pretty much singing almost the whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh We'll get into the song overall and the Beach Boys side of it and the Kingston Trio side of it and the lyrics. But Thiessen sings the first part. Hoops is singing the, you know, the constable came and took him away verse. And then it goes back to Thiessen for the end of the song. That's how my, that's how that thing goes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'll play. There's a little uh, introduction to... Not They don't really say why they picked this song. They're just talking about what influences mean to them. Not what influences they have, right. but what the okay. idea of musical influence, what that idea, that concept means to them overall. And in, in fact, I'll just play it now. So when you go and you watch the full 20-something minute performance, you know, in between each song, they give a little introduction. And typically they talk about the song. In this case, they're not exactly talking about the song. But here's what 
It's and it's most it, there's a lot of Dave talking here, um, talking about what the idea of musical influence, what they feel like that means in 2007. There's always you know outside influences and and yeah it does often revolve around what's current and and what you know is really. Uh, captivating us. Uh, we covered Sloop John B today. Uh, Brian Wilson's like a huge influence on what I do and, and it's a completely different time uh, you know and music has changed so much. Like our musical tastes across the board are a huge range of differences and, and they're constantly expanding and the whole world of iPods and all that kind of stuff it's just like you, we constantly are able to have music that we're listening to so I think it's it's getting more and more difficult to actually pinpoint influences uh, because we're all becoming more and more exposed to more and more music. And hopefully we were able to, to take what we hear and kind of build and expand and just kind of uh, make it our own in a sense. You know, we're going to make music ourselves. And then they launch into the song. So Tyson gives a little explanation there. Nothing new, nothing we haven't heard before in interviews. He's like, yeah, Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, they're a big influence on me, so we're doing this song. But then that was Dave in the back half of that clip talking about how like the idea of musical influence, how like by 2007, because of iPods and iTunes and all of these MySpace. things, MySpace, yeah, <laughs> I, we can put, we can figure out extra things from the time that what you, where you would have heard all this music, but yeah, 2007, that's the first generation that's kind of like referred to. I feel like this gets talked about in a lot of musical talk, in a lot of talk about the music industry and bands and artists and current generation and how young people experience music is that by 2007, that generation, which is your generation for sure, I'm just a couple years, I'm five, how old, a bunch older am I than you? Five? Four years. Four years There's a couple weeks there where you're five years. So I'm just, a, <laughs> I'm just a little older than you. So this this definitely influenced me as well. But yeah, you have iTunes, you have the internet, you have Napster, and you have all these things, and everyone's getting exposed to more and more music. It's not just MTV, it's not just the radio. And there's still that, like, that opinion bias that directs people to the music they like, but there's still more chance of hearing music by 2007 that you wouldn't necessarily seek out. I think that's even more true today with Spotify and playlists and stuff. Because, yeah, you're going to have a bias when you go into a streaming app nowadays to say, oh, I only like this kind of music or that kind of music. That's what I'm going to start with. But then the chances of finding more music and, you know, maybe you're not going to make giant leaps to new genres, but there might be a pathway where you f suddenly find yourself checking out something that you normally wouldn't have checked out. So it's like this whole new generation of people who are becoming musical artists that they don't say, I'm just influenced by punk or I'm just influenced by hip hop. And then we have new genres like emo rap that look, that grow up out of that specific experience with technology and music. Like emo rap wouldn't have necessarily existed. You know, the idea of emo was something different in the 90s. But the idea of the existence of a genre like emo rap couldn't have really happened 20 years ago. Even if it was something else, even if it was punk rap or something, it wouldn't necessarily come about. It would have had a harder time getting accepted necessarily or something like that. So that's kind of what they're touching on here. Now, they're just saying this about this comes up because of the Beach Boys, which is clearly a giant influence on the Reliant right. K. Yeah. I mean, the whole fact that they use the Cooper Black font, which is the font on the cover of Two Lefts, 
comes from Pet Sounds, the Beach right. Boys album, yeah. and that's the font that we use on our podcast. Um, so it's very fitting that they would do Sloop John B. It's fitting that they would do pretty much any Beach Boys song. I was surprised I didn't find them doing a lot of other Beach Boys songs throughout their career. Like, maybe there have been plenty of other Beach Boys songs they've covered live in concert, but nothing that I could find captured on YouTube other than Old Lang Syne. <laughs> like, they cover right, the right. Beach Boys specific version of Old Lang Syne. Now, I know that they played this live. Did they play this live before or after this live at Capitol after. came out? After. Because I'm wondering if maybe they just. And I don't know for sure. We'll have to ask. Put it on the list. Um, <laughs> if they chose this song, you know, for any particular reason, because I looked it up, I couldn't find any like Beach Boys live at Capitol prior to this. Oddly, they did do a live uh, like performance of this song in a studio that looks a lot like the Reliant K live at Capitol years later, right. years after Reliant K did it. Um, but I wonder if they didn't pick it because this is like a, they were like at Capitol and the Beach Boys were on Capitol at that time. And it was just yeah. like a, let's do this because this would be really cool. Kind I of think thing. that's probably exactly yeah. what it was. It's like, we're in the footsteps of the Beach Boys. We have this opportunity. We're doing this program right now. Let's do this song. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just that that's why they would pick a song, you know, that the Beach Boys had done at Capitol. Right. Um, probably also a lot easier for rights getting rights. (laughs) Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, I'm sure this, this fact is known, but I'm just thinking about, uh, what was that movie called? The one with Paul Dano and love and mercy, love and mercy. Like, I don't think they recorded pet sounds at, at least that's not what the, I don't know a lot about beach boys history. And I guess we could look this up, but you know, from love and mercy, it didn't seem like they were at Capitol studios. Yeah or whatever, but they were on Capitol Records at the right. time. So it kind of makes sense we're in the Capitol building. Oh, you know why I picked this song this week? Because we parked in front of the Capitol Records building. We went to we went in downtown Hollywood, which is a horrible place to go. It's a horrible place to go. But in downtown Hollywood, there's the Scum and Villainy Cantina. And it's a fair use, like, Star Wars-themed bar it's not owned by disney it's just a fair use like they don't use star wars trademarks and in fact it's all the drink names are like full geek culture there's like marvel stuff and lord of the rings drinks and stuff but it's it's basically made to look like the like star wars cantina from the original movie yeah and two blocks away we parked right in front of the capitol records building and i took a little story of us walking back to the car and I put it on our Instagram when we're like, oh, there's nice. a Capitol Records building. It's pretty much that moment was like, we should do Sloop John B this week. Oh, that's so funny. Because they don't have a Star Wars themed song that we get to. <laughs> or do they? Maybe one I'm not thinking of. They have Back to the Future. I'm being facetious. I don't think there's a Star Wars Reliant K tie in. May the Force be with you. Damn it, you're right. Yeah, but I'm sitting here that. like, Danny, There, there is. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, you're right. Speaking of, it's so funny because. Uh, I texted my mom about going and like sent her pictures and stuff. And she's like, oh, it looks just like Tatooine. And I was like, it's so funny because I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. I forgot that like 
was such a mega nerd. And I would like drag her to Star Wars weekends, which they had at MGM Studios at Disney, like all the time. And my poor mom just had to be surrounded by like Star Wars mega nerds and everything and hear me like babble on about this stuff incessantly. And it was so funny. I was like, yeah, mom. She just like totally threw me for a loop that she knew like a planet name. <laughs> I'm going to pop on over to the Wikipedia real quick, followed by song facts. Okay. So Sloop John B., originally published as John B. Sales, is a Bahamian folk song from Nassau. A transcript by Richard Lee Galeen was published in 1916, and a version was included in Carl Sandberg's The American Song Bag in 1927. Yeah, that's my bag, man. That's my song bag. Since the early 1950s, there have been many recordings of the song with various titles, including I Want to Go Home and Wreck of the John B. Right, yeah, I noticed that when I was looking up other notable versions by bands. We'll talk about them towards the end of the show, but a lot of them had different titles. Like sometimes it, sometimes it was Sloop John B. Sometimes it was just John B. Sometimes it was I Want to Go Home. There was one where it was parenthesis Sloop and parenthesis John B. That's funny. <laughs> and yeah, it's so the number one thing there to take away is that if I didn't, I always assumed that this was, I never like fully assumed that this was a song that they wrote that the Beach Boys wrote, because that's the way the music industry worked, especially in the 60s. Like, a lot of people didn't write their music. This idea of bands or only musical artists are supposed to write Sometimes they didn't play it either. Look at the Wrecking Crew. Right. But this idea in modern times of a band is supposed to only write their own music, or at the very least, like, an artist is only supposed to write with their, like, writing team or something, that's a very recent, very recent concept in the history of the music industry. Yeah, you had the Great American Songbook or the American uh, Song Bag, as it were here. I think right up until, like, the 80s. I don't think you can blame, like, punk rock or whatever, but I think, like, maybe radio rock, like, the rise of something in our history, in our culture, made this idea that somehow music now isn't genuine if you didn't write it yourself or like your close team didn't write it yourself. But the music industry, we've talked about this before, the music industry itself, like the existence of a music industry starts with sheet music. You bought sheet music and everybody played the songs everywhere in the country. And then so when recording came along, for decades for generations there's a song and many 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 artists will record that song and then you go and you get your favorite artist who did the version of that song and i think that keeps up through the 70s into the 80s and by the 90s maybe it was kurt cobain who all this up i don't know (laughs) so this is a this is a folk song this is a folk song and i i thought i guess what i kind of assumed if you said where do you think this song comes from i would have been wrong i would have said it's the beach boys trying to write what sounds like a quaint old-timey song about a about a not a it doesn't sound i guess we got into the lyrics it doesn't sound like it's really about a shipwreck but like a horrible a horrible journey on a ship from a hundred years before 
you know, the Beach Boys existed. <clears throat> but that's not the case. It's a folk song that modern, like, 50s and 60s artists kept, like, kind of revitalizing and revising until the Beach Boys pretty much solidified the modern version of it. The John B. Sales was transcribed by Richard Leigh Galeen, uh, with five verses and choruses published in his article, Coral Islands and Mangrove Trees, in the December 1916 issue of Harper's Monthly Magazine. Pages 81 to 90. <laughs> The first two verses and, for those reading along in chorus and chorus were also published in chapter four of Galeen's 1917 novel Pieces of Eight. Mm. The lyrics describe a disastrous voyage on a sloop with the vessel plagued by drunkenness, arrests, and a pig eating the narrator's food. In the chorus, the oh, narrator repeatedly expresses a desire to return home. Carl Sandburg included the first three verses and the chorus of the John B. Sales in his 1927 collection of folk songs, The American Songbag. He states that he collected it from John T. McCutcheon, a political cartoonist from Chicago, and his wife, Evelyn Shaw McCutcheon, who at the time owned Blue Lagoon Island, a K off Nassau. The- My goodness, it must be nice to be like a, an old timey hotshot <laughs> political cartoonist. <laughs> Tunist in the 20s just hanging out with F. Scott Poli- Fitzgerald yeah. and Ernest Hemingway and Owen and McKay. <laughs> when a political cartoonist could be a millionaire. <laughs> That's, I'm sure it's old money. Uh, old money and old sports. Uh, the McCutcheons told him time and usage have given this song almost the dignity of a national anthem around Nassau. The weathered ribs of the historic craft lie embedded in the sand at Governor's Harbor, whence an expedition especially sent up for the purpose in 1926 extracted a knee of horse flesh and a ring bolt. These Mm -hmm. relics are now preserved and built built into the watchtower. Designed by Mr. Howard Shaw. And a note, uh, Evelyn Shaw, McCutcheon's father. Uh, and built on our southern coast, a couple of points east by north of the star cannabis. Whatever that means. <laughs> they were shipping cannabis on the sloop John B? Even uh, even his grandfather who was with him? It means these great Gatsby people were, I don't know, just making things really complicated, I yeah. guess. I don't so know. So this is basically like... Like, Stealing people's islands and whatnot. Right. Well, I'm just mean like the so the 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 popularity of this song is like cultural appropriation. <laughs> they took a folk song from Bohemia from the Bahamas and they turned it into a modern pop song. Right. I mean, it's royalty free. It's something that can be done. But it's you know it's like Deo, Deo, me say Deo. Like the, that's been turned into pop songs all the time. You know. Uh, I'm not, I, I think as far as like cultural appropriation goes, this is one that's done some good. Probably this has helped people. This is a good song. This has helped people enjoy things, enjoy their life. Yeah, I was going like, to say, it's, I don't think this has hurt people, Danny. <laughs> I don't think it's hurt anyone. Well, that's what you think. And if it's published in a song, the book, the book of songs exists for people to explore it. To I'm pretty sure Hattie and to... Bennington or whatever their names were, Capshaw are out there hurting people or were in oh, the 20s. Probably. I don't know. 
Uh, so over on Song Facts, Sloop John B is a traditional West Indies tune about a sunken boat. It was adapted in 1951 by Lee Hayes of the Weavers as the John B sails and revived in 1960 by Lonnie Dungan. The Beach Boys folk music buff Al Jardine turned Brian Wilson on to the Kingston Trio's recording of the song. For their updated version, Wilson added elaborate vocals and a 12-string guitar part. He also changed some of the lyrics, including this is the worst trip since I've been born to I've ever been on as a wink to acid culture. Really? <laughs> okay. Says song facts. Uh, I mean, I guess I believe it. Like, it's that's a thing that gets brought up all the time of like, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man is a drug dealer or whatever. Like, how there are all these subversive hidden drug meanings in songs. But that one seems tenuous at best <laughs> uh the song was popularized by the kingston this is the worst trio, trip i've ad- ever been on i guess i get it, it how it could be a little subversive yeah. to slip that song onto that that phrase onto the radio sure why not uh who adapted it from a version in poet yeah yeah from the song bag we got it uh the kingston trio's version stays true to the song's calypso roots and was released on their first album in 1958 it was eight years later that the Beach Boys changed the title to Sloop John B and came away with a hit. Their de- their debt to the Kingston Trio goes far beyond this song. The Beach Boys adopted the group's striped short sleeve shirts and wholesome persona as well. Mm. So we get to talk about the Kingston Trio, which I didn't think I would ever we'd ever necessarily do on our Reliant K podcast, but here we go. So I have seen the Kingston Trio live and I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan, but there was like a year where I listened to them a little bit leading up to that concert and for, you know, a little bit after it. Uh, In my sort of gap years in between high school and going to the school in Florida where I met Jessica, I had like four gap years. I was constantly going to shows, to concerts. I was going to movies and concerts all the time. And in that time, there was this one concert my mom wanted to go to. She wanted to see the Smothers Brothers and the Kingston Trio somewhere in, like, mid-New Hampshire. Like, I'm pretty sure close to Gunstock, where uh, in where, the, where Soul Fest, the Christian festival, plays. I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was definitely north. It was somewhere in that area. Um, it's one of the only times I ever went to, like, a concert like that. And it's definitely the only time I ever saw a concert at, like, a pavilion. Like, one of those outdoor pavilion-type things where normally you have, like, nice concerts. Like, punk bands will play those once in a while, but I never went to a thing like that. I know I've seen footage of Reliant K playing in, like, a concert pavilion for a warp Tour. Because that's, like, the venue that the warp Tour got at that town. But anyway... The Kingston Trio is like the folkiest of folky bands, like 50s. If you've ever seen A Mighty Wind, the Kingston Trio is basically what they're making fun of. It's PBS folk rock. It's like our parents, me and Jessica's parents' generation, it's boomer folk rock. It's like when it's the stuff that leads up to this slightly more subversive counterculture kind of folk rock you get with like the bob dylan generation and that generation that comes after this is like the pre version of that like where they're nicely dressed and they're playing old time songs and the kingston trio also is really known for this one song uh what's that called it's a song have you ever heard this song let me look it up real quick 
Have you ever heard this song? Metropolitan Transit Authority, better known as the MTA, is attempting to levy a burdensome tax on the population in the form of a subway fare increase. Citizens... Oh, I guess we're not going to listen to the whole two-minute song. Charlie, that's it. Have you ever heard about Charlie on the MTA in Boston? No. So this is in the 50s. The song's I guess the song's called MTA and it's one of the it's one of the Kingston Trio's like most popular songs cuz it's a slightly comedic folk song about a man who gets on the subway in Boston and I guess back in the 50s or the 40s the Boston like public transportation you had to pay as you got off but he loses his coin so he can never get off the train he can and he's just stuck on there and by the end of this song his wife is like throwing sandwiches to him from outside the train and stuff and it's a joke about Charlie keeps riding and he's never blah 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 and to this day, when they created the card, and when they got rid of tokens, mm-hmm. like I grew up going to Boston with tokens for the MTA, now they have the digital cards. They're called Charlie cards. And that is the Kingston Trio's most indelible oh. legacy. <laughs> Look at you. Other than having been what I guess is like the first major pop group in, in, in terms of meaning popular music. Like it's folk mm-hmm. music, but it's still pop music for the time. The first major pop group to record Sloop John B. And then that's how uh, the Beach Boys got hip to it. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't I don't know if my parents were into the Kingston Trio. <laughs> We definitely went to the uh, the Flower Power Festival at Epcot uh, a few years for a few years there when I was younger, and we would go to. They had little little concerts, little shows that they would play, and so we saw Herman's Hermits and the Turtles and Davy Jones, and I think we saw a couple other groups, but I don't know if the Kingston Trio ever showed up. We didn't see them if they did. Okay, I partially heard what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> because then I realized the Kingston Trio's biggest song is Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Have you heard, are you familiar with this song? It's yeah, that sounds familiar. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time past. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I know this song. They're like, Where have the all Kingston the flowers gone? The Kingston Trio are gonna come gone? after us now, Danny. That's where have all the cowboys gone. You're uh <laughs> <laughs> your your mom's a lot more into the whole counterculture sort of thing than my mom right. was, you know, when, when they were younger. But the Kingston Trio, <laughs> like, straddles the line of, right. like, like, I guess with, he- like, similar with heavy metal or something. Like, you have earlier, like, not that evil heavy metal, and then it gets into, like, the real, like, evil metal in the 80s or whatever. Yeah, my parents weren't big folk music, uh folks <laughs> right so the kingston trio in the history of popular music there are a relative handful of performers who have redefined the content of the music at critical points in history peoples whose music left the landscape and the definition of popular music altered completely the kingston trio were one such group transforming folk music into a hot commodity and creating a demand where none had existed before yeah that's from all music's description. Oh, and this is a really long biography on all music. Oh wow! Um, now, Dan, have you ever been to the Bahamas? No, I have not been to the Bahamas. Oh, okay. 
yeah, so it's interesting to learn that this is a... Yeah, when I, again, going back to what did I think of this song, the Beach Boys version, I kind of just partially assumed maybe the Beach Boys wrote it to sound like an old-timey song about some old boat. But then I found out it's an old folk song. I didn't understand. They, they say uh, around Nassau Town, and, like, I didn't really know Nassau like Bahama I like Nassau yeah it's funny because we we put this on and it's and I had never really paid very close attention to the lyrics as soon as I heard Nassau Town I was like oh right this is about the Bahamas and so I was like Dan is this a cover and he was playing the Beach Boys version and he was like oh no I don't know I don't think so <laughs> and I was like no I think it is because like they're from California what do they know about the Bahamas. <laughs> well, obviously they know Bermuda, Jamaica. Ooh, I want to take it to Bermuda, Bahama. Come on, pretty mama. They know all those places. Oh it's true. I really set myself up for that one. <laughs> I never Amazing. Assumed, yeah. <laughs> so I kinda I didn't know Nassau is in the Bahamas. I kinda thought Nassau could be a port town in like a ye old English port or somewhere like, in I've old been America. To the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, that's uh, I didn't in New York. <laughs> I didn't know it was in the Bahamas. Just I just didn't know that I don't know my full geography. I didn't know Nassau was in the Bahamas. I thought it could be any port city in the Western world. And so I thought it was just about like I just when I heard this song I kind of imagined like sailors, like sailor sailors, not like pirates of the Caribbean era sailors, but like I kind of imagined like you know, like Jack not Jack London, like what is so some of those old timey some of those like some of those like nice not even swashbuckling but I don't know, you know what I mean? Like yes. like a fifties yes. movie where a boy goes and becomes a sailor or something like I don't know like sure. which I don't even know if that's a trope I'm just trying to make it up I'm just trying to like I just imagine like just English to Danny. American sailors yeah. like new world sailors or something so there's so much in this song that I never really fully understood because I never got the sense that the ship actually wrecks in the song right right yeah but it's about the wreck of the sloop John B it just seemed like the wreck was a metaphor for like nobody took their job seriously no one on the ship well took apparently their job that seriously. is also part of the song right like everyone's getting drunk and not doing the job but i also don't understand the economy of the bahamas in terms of its like shipping ports like what is right. the job of the guy and his grandfather that go on the sloop john b because in that period that I couldn't I quite... it was ex- like an army thing or something. I don't really oh, know, though. Maybe. I don't know why. Th- I don't know why that was my assumption, but I, I it might not be correct. So my understand... So I have a limited understanding of the history of shipping and stuff, of, 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 of sailing, right? I, I, like, everything I know comes from movies, and even then I only vaguely understand things. But I, I always seem like when you're a sailor, like, you want to go... It's like, I want to go on the high seas, so I got a job as a crew member on this boat and it's carrying spices from England to right. Boston and that's the job or we're taking this ship from whatever to wherever like that's what I thought it was but it seems like they get in the boat in Nassau and then they just kind of like scoot around the area <laughs> like what are they shipping are they sending one thing from one place to the other or do they just go out into the Nassau Bay and then just come back because they have to call up the police officer right 
So you think like if you get a job on a boat and you're going out on the boat and you're doing all these like high sea adventure things and fighting off pirates, well, you're not going to be able to call a police constable to come and take away your drunkest crew member. So it makes me think that this is some... Or like fishermen. Like I know that fishermen, they go out and then they come back in and they go out again and they come back could in. Was a this a fishing boat? boat? Could be a fishing I boat. I guess it could be a fishing boat, but I just don't understand the economy of what is the Sloop John B. doing and what was its route? Because it definitely doesn't seem like it went far. They're calling ashore to the captain. Why is the captain on the shore? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't know how it works. Maybe it's a cruise boat. Maybe it's a pleasure boat for people in the Bahamas. Although I don't know if that kind of vacation economy existed in the Bahamas in like the 18th in the 19th century. This is a puzzle box of a song <laughs> that I can't wrap my head around. So I'll go on to something that connects to the Reliant K version. And that is the, I feel so broke up and I feel so break up. So again, I don't have the research to confirm this exactly. But Reliant K says, sings, I feel so break up, I want to go home. Okay? Beach Boys sing, I feel so broke up. I want to go home. And most other versions also say, I feel so broke up, I want to go home. Or they completely, some versions I heard, completely replaced the broke up. Like, I feel so bad now, I want to go home, or something like that. Grammatically, obviously, I feel so broke up, I want to go home, is correct in modern English. In our, like, to our ears today, it's, I feel so broke up. It's like past tense. But when I learned when we learned that this is a Bahamas folk song, I was like, well, in their version of English from the 19th century, this might make sense. They might not have had the word broke. It might have been, I feel so breakup, I want to go home. But then the Beach Boys changed it so that it would match modern grammatical sense. But then Reliant K, who are huge, you know, Thiessen, who's a huge... Beach Boys fan, he goes back to Breakup, and then I check out the Kingston Trio version, and they also sing Breakup. And I would assume because Kingston Trio are one of the most preeminent folk bands in the world, and they did a number of like historical and ye old timey folk songs and bringing them. Not, they didn't modernize them. They just brought them to new ears that would never have considered them. They brought them into concerts in a context of like, here's this song from this country and this song from that country. And we're just going to play them in a respectful, but fun, peppier tempo. But we're going to play them for you the way they actually are. The Kingston Trio sings Breakup. Reliant K seems to have gone back to the proper, which again, this might exist in the research, that we didn't find, but I'm guessing that those books, the, the song bag, right? <laughs> if we go to the song bag, I bet you like the actual genuine, uh, authentic version of this song is I feel so break up because I'm just assuming now that the, the people of the Bahamas back 100, 200 years ago didn't have the word broke, didn't have that context of the word break. Right. So I don't have an exact answer. Like, I can't tell you what they were doing with it, but I have a little more information. This is from uh, destinyland.net. A 1647 colony in the Bahamas included a Welshman named John Bethel. The folk ballad of his crew is believed to have descended through the centuries into the folk song Wreck of the Sloop John B. 
1926, the original wreck of this ship was discovered in Nassau, an island in the Bahamas near Florida. Sloops were precarious 16-foot vessels sailing hundreds of miles without a chart with a five-person crew. Poet Carl Sandburg adapted the folk lyrics into a poem, which 30 years later was recorded by the Kingston Trio. There's also a forgotten third verse. The stewardess she got stewed, ran round the poop deck nude. Constable had to oh, come man, and take like, her away. That back in. That's awesome. <laughs> Sheriff John Stone, please let me alone. I feel so break up. I want to go home. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm not finding yeah. specifically what the... Well, it's par for the course on Sadie Hawkins' pod. We always have <laughs> questions that we can never find answers to because they haven't... Because usually it's... There's no articles... There's not enough articles about Reliant K. I know we've gone long on this, but we've barely touched on some of the other stuff. I didn't realize... Who eats up the corn? You have the lyrics there. We're going to go over the full lyrics yes. in a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break and we'll okay. come back and do And we'll that. figure out who ate up all the corn. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know who could help out with that? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No. I'll, I'll be on the case. Sure. Thanks, Bo. No problem. <laughs> We just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Emily, Charity, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, <laughs> there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash. Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm Just sorry. I panicked. So the Reliant K covered the uh, original Beach Boys lyrics. I have a genius. Except Break and Broke Up. Except for that. Right. So I'm going to we're going to see what they have here because this is the genius page specifically for Relaying K. Okay. Um, We come on the sloop John B, my grandfather and me around Nassau town. We do roam drinking all night. Got into a fight. Oh, well, I I can't believe Relaying K has a song about drinking all night. 
Well, I before right? collapse of a lung. I meant to mention that before. I didn't write that down as a note, but I did think that. I'm like, oh. You know who would be highly offended by this is that article we've been reading on patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> it would be like uh, the one of the worst cases. It's the like the evils of Christian rock article we've been reading. It's like I saw one of the worst cases of a so-called Christian band performing a secular song. They said, this one's for my parents who, who love this band with me so what did they play (laughs) did they play onward christian soldier no they played sloop john b a song about drinking and gambling and a nude woman dancing (laughs) known satanic imagery (laughs) well i feel so broken up and it does say broken here that's not what they sing i want to go home thanks genius you're not geniuses right that's not what they sing they sing i feel so break up so hoist up the John B. sails. Uh, see how the main sail sets. It makes me think that they might have just copied and pasted the Beach Boys lyrics right. to the Genius page for Reliant K. Call for the captain ashore. Let me go home. Let me go home. I want to go home. Why won't you let me go home? Well, I feel so broken up. I want nope. to go home. Literally, my lying ears don't deceive me. <laughs> He's singing, I feel so break up. Which kudos to Reliant K and Matt Thiessen. For taking it back to the traditional, what I'm only assuming are the traditional lyrics. It's interesting. Uh, this is the first time I've come across this on Genius where they don't have like vo- chorus, verse one, verse two. Like oh. all that is not, uh, all of that is not noted on here. The first mate got drunk and broke in the captain's trunk. The constable had to come and take him away. Sheriff John Stone, why don't you leave me alone? Well, I feel so broke up. I want to go home. Do you think Sheriff John Stone was an ancestor of Dan Bacchitis? Perhaps. So hoist up the John B's sail. See how the main sail set. Call for the captain ashore. Let me go home. Let me go home. I want to go home. Etc. The poor cook, he caught the fits and threw away all my grits. Okay, it is a cook in that song. So so then they mention a pig in that other article you read. So there must be a previous version of the folk song where it is a pig that eats up all the corn. And then he took and he ate up all of my corn. Let me go home. Why won't you let me go home? This is the worst trip since I've been born. So hoist up the John B. sail, etc. So this song is a puzzle box of a song. It's a folk song, so I think it's just meant to be kind of fun and silly and not have a solid story. We went over this when we did um, Good King Wenceslas, right? Like, that's a ye olde-timey song, and it's a story, but there's a lot of holes in the story because songs didn't necessarily exist to, like, tell you a perfect story. It just kind of gives you the emotion and the idea, and then maybe you make up your own verses because that's what, like, that's how songs went. They went orally from person to person, right? So the story of this song within the lyrics contained have a lot of holes in it. Like, what's the fits? What does that mean? The The chef gets the fits, so he throws away the grits. Does that mean that the boy and his grandfather as crew members on this, what we learned is a five-member crew boat, does he bring his own grits? Like, do people bring their own dried food for their own stores? He got the vapors. Right, but then you have a chef on the... Yeah, I guess, right? But you have a chef on the boat, so you think the chef would have his own food, so you wouldn't bring your own stock of food. But the narrator of the song, he brought his own grits. Was he the cook? Was he 
some was he like a like he must not have been the cook because there's a chef so the boy from the main kid the main narrator of the song maybe he's in charge of getting the provisions for the boat and then the chef went crazy and threw away all the grits that he prepared to bring on the boat and then he eats up all the corn how much corn is that (laughs) does the chef have a really bad stomach ache how much how much corn does the sloop john b need to carry how often is the sloop john b going back to shore because it doesn't seem like they go far from nassau so they probably don't need that much corn so maybe it's just a day's worth of corn so just a belly full of corn is a pig in a different version this song is leaving me with way more questions than answers and I'm trying to find like that <laughs> that original songbag version. Well, not the original, but the songbag published version. I'm having trouble finding it. <laughs> Let's check the uh, Beach Boys genius page because maybe there will be annotations. Beach Boys Sloop John B on Genius.com, gathering place for all the world's greatest geniuses. I mean, if mudcat.org is to be believed, it's... Well, great. (laughs) Sorry, not you. Not you. On Genius for Beach Boys' version of the song, for their lyrics post of the song, there's no explanation of what the poor cook caught the fits. There's no explanation of what the fits is. There's no explanation of uh, any of the questions I've asked, except what are grits? Grits are a southern breakfast food eaten with butter and salt, a good choice for shipboard fare as it stores dry and is cooked in hot water. Yeah, sure. I mean, grits is also... A Christian rap group, right? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much, according to this, mudcat.org, it's all the same. And they're saying that it is the uh, the adapt- adaptation by Lee Hayes uh, from a collection by Carl Sandburg, with the chorus being the stewardess, she got stewed, ran round the poop deck nude, uh, constable to come and take her away sheriff john stone please let me alone i feel so break up i want to go home see again i appreciate relying k for putting the word break back in and you know not doing the more common english american broke but they also should have put back in the stewardess and running around (laughs) naked because she got stewed no pigs no none of that is is uh is mentioned uh that i can find well are you familiar with this grip no This is a a Christian rap group who I have never heard until this moment. I just know of them. I'm familiar with Grits Girls Raised in the South. Nashville-based Christian rap group Grits, an acronym for Grammatical Revolution in Spirit, consists of this guy and that guy who debuted in 1995 on Mental Records. Oh, and they were on... Wait... Factors of Seven followed in 1997 on DC Talk Associated label Goatee Records. So clearly here, singing about grits, is relying K. Hey, hey, if Brian Wilson changes the lyrics to this is the worst trip I've ever been on, and that's a little wink and a nod to drug culture, I think relying K is giving a little wink and a nod to label mates grits. And then, of course... <laughs> And then, of course, he ate up all the corn. So that's probably a reference to the greatest Christian rock band of all time. Oh, no. Oh, now we're getting even more (laughs) season desist slapped on this podcast left and right, Danny. 
Um, so going over, we've gone over a lot of my deep dive already. Do you have any other notes on like the music portion of the song? Of course not, because this is Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> Where we don't talk about the music. <laughs> no, I really like, I really, that it's, Reliant K's version is beautiful, especially is. considering that it is live in the studio. And maybe there's some mastering on top of it, but it's not, and you know, probably maybe there's some ability to, to, to mix a little bit, but it, every, there's going to be bleed through through all the mics, so there's only probably a little bit of ability to mix in that way, and they sound great. There's just one. There's a slight, slight off, little bit of a sour harmony in the last like ten seconds, twenty seconds of the song, but the rest of it is perfect and it's live. And I would, you know, I should have uh, DM'd John Schneck ahead of time. But like, how much did they rehearse this song? Had they played it live? before i can't imagine though that playing this live in a regular reliant k concert would have helped necessarily prepare them for this performance in the capitol record studio i mean aside from like being practiced on the notes but like the very specific way in which they harmonize beautifully and they're prepared and schneck is playing the glock which is the glockenspiel for those who they call it the glock on tour um he's playing i don't know who knows that we learned that years ago on this like three years ago um, Schneck performs the glockenspiel perfectly right there and everyone's just doing a great job when Hoops comes in and I think there's been times where Hoops has sung songs in the history of this podcast when we di- didn't necessarily figure it out there are times where we did figure it out mm-hmm. but other times we didn't and so it's great to see Hoops really taking that lead I wish Hoops got to sing lead on more songs yeah I thought the harmonizing was beautiful yeah. I thought the whole thing was really good I thought I felt like it 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 really, it did compliment, their, it does compliment their range. So I, I, I thought they did a really great job. And I bet the banjo and everything. Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, the banjo as well. Yeah, which for being a folk song, that's great to reincorporate a banjo, which may very well have been used on earlier versions of the of the song. And I, and I, the only person we didn't specifically compliment is John Warren. So it's like, say nice, say something nice about everyone. Oh, I didn't say anything about Dave either. So John Warren, you can really suss out his vocals on the harmony, yeah, which is you can. nice. And the I little extra things that he he gets some of those extra little little touches in there yeah. as well. Yeah, which I don't feel like it doesn't in, happen often. It doesn't happen in the main canonical Relying K studio albums. The ones he doesn't that get like that a little spotlight. On. Yeah, and and yeah, there's Last Lost Least, great. which is like an epilogue Ace Troubleshooter song. But then you don't get that, like, you know, I hear, I could hear his harmony separate from everyone else's, and I get that little twinge of nostalgia, that little ace troubleshooter (laughs) singing that I can tell, and so that's nice. And then Dave is doing a great job. It's not like he's slamming, he's playing, he's using one of those shaker things, and he's playing with the soft brushes. Yep, he's using brushes, yeah. he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, it's good stuff. There is one thing that I just remembered. Okay. Come on, what's the lyric? Come on, loop down me in the ground. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go home. So hoist up the John B's sail. That lyric, both in the Beach Boys version and the Reliant K version, and I haven't listened to the Kingston Trio version enough to really tell. When they say, when they sing, hoist up the John B's sail, because you have to sing that so quickly, it always sounds to me 
like hoist up the jombies sail. Jombie, <laughs> as in Mechaleka High, Mechahiney Ho. Wish? Did somebody say wish? Yeah, from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like, it sounds like they're saying hoist up the jombies sail. And I know they're saying John B. But even though I know they're saying the John B's sail, like possessive apostrophe S, right. I can't not hear John B. It's not a great lyric. It's a. It's based on the folk song. It's a cluttered lyric. Hoist up the John B. sail. It's a cluttered little lyric. Like if this had been written as a pop song by a Beach Boys or a Kingston Trio, if, you know, take for me to like be criticizing a folk song <laughs> that was written by generations of inhabitants of an island. But I'm just saying, like they did. They're just. It's just a fun song you sing when you're working or. You're all, you know, hanging out together at home in the Bahamas. But no, I'm having to be like, this lyric's a little crowded. You know, it's a little a little shoehorned in. Well, the, the article that comes up rather often uh, for different subjects from B-A-U-T-T-S dot me came up again this week. And it's an interview with Hoops and Teason. And the interviewer said, I really like your Sloop John B cover, so I wouldn't mind another Beach Boys one. Teeson, that's a good one. Hoops, a Beach Boys cover album is something I always wanted to do. Mm. Teeson, yeah, I would do a Paul Simon and Beach Boys cover combo. That'd be great. Hoops, either that or we had that idea to do the Nickelback and Smash Mouth cover combo. Teeson, that's and corn, kind of, throw corn in there. <laughs> that's kind of throw evil. Corn. I, <laughs> I hate to talk negatively, but there were songs on the radio that we just couldn't stand. We were going to cover all of them, and it was going to be really great. None of them were by Nickelback or Smash Mouth, though. And then we have a blog, Notes in the Margin, from June 16th, 2007, posted by R. Bowen, uh, Reliant K and the Sloop John B., Last night, we went to the Reliant K concert at, ooh, Ichthus? I-C-H-T-H-U-S. And it was fantastic. I love their sound. I love their clever lyrics. And I love the fact that they are so obviously having so much fun on stage. Unfortunately, I know the lyrics to just one of their songs. So all the 20 years younger than I people around me belted them out while I tried to catch a word in here and there. Then in the middle, a bright, shining moment. They did Sloop John B. And while all the kids around looked on puzzled, I sang as loud as I could and had more fun than I've had at a concert in years, feeling like I was 16 again at the Beach Boys concert in Cincinnati, way up in the nosebleed seats at Riverfront, belting out Sloop John B. with Brian Wilson and the boys. We left before the Newsboys concert. It was getting a little <laughs> late for us old folks, but I've been humming Sloop well, John loss. B ever since, and I have an even greater fondness for Reliant K than I did before. This just reminds me of like, everything that Dave says in that clip. Like, sure, that's true. There's a generation of, of musical artists and music fans who get to be exposed to more music than anyone before them. But there's still as many kids who just live in a bubble and have no idea and look confused when a cover comes up. And I've never forgot. I mean, I've never forgotten that 2007 tour when they play Surf Wax America years before K is for Karaoke. 
And Tyson, it's the most passive aggressive I think I'd ever heard Tyson be on stage. And I was there for it. He's like, we picked this song because we thought we could all <laughs> sing it together like an old, you know, not even old song. He's like, like a song we all know and we all sing it together like a campfire. But that hasn't been working out. And I'm like, yeah, because all these kids are stupid. <laughs> they don't listen to Weezer, which isn't even that old. You don't need your older brother or your grandpa from 2007 to turn you on to an album from 1994. I get it now. Like, now we're like 30 years on. Like, you might not have heard the Blue Album, but how did you not hear the Blue Album in 2007? Well, your wife was one of those dumb kids standing next to you. Your future wife had well, no idea uh, what Surf Wax America was. Well, that's okay because you had many pursuits. And I'm just talking about, <laughs> you know what I mean? You had film, you had karate, you had You're like <laughs> the Spice Girls. You're like, it's okay because you also listen to like Frank Sinatra and stuff. So you listen yeah. to even older music. But when I think about <laughs> our generation and the generation just under and just the, your generation, when I think of your let's face it, when I think of your generation, <laughs> when I think of the <laughs> when I think of my generation and the graduates you of know, high school, like four years younger than me. Like going to Warp Tour and being like, I love, we love music. Music's amazing. La la la. But then you barely know any bands. Like, go learn more bands. Or don't, if music just isn't your thing. But, the, but then people act like music. I'm okay. I'm definitely being Old Man Yells at Cloud. Oh my gosh. Are you ever? But, but I used to say this when I was a young man yelling at a cloud. <laughs> just because I've still been yelling at a cloud. <laughs> For for almost 40 years, I'm not now old man yelling at Cloud. I'm boy who has never stopped yelling at the Cloud. Like, like go find more music. Don't wait for it to fall in your lap. Like, that's what Dave Douglas was talking about. Like, there used to be a time where you only got into music, and by you I mean, like, society, every every individual in society... But what happens to fall into your lap? What happens to be playing on the radio when you turn it on? And that's gatekept by corporations and the radio station and the record labels. What happens to be on a movie soundtrack? What happens to be playing on MTV? And that's such a limited scope because there's only 24 hours in a day for them to play things. But you can go out and find things you can ask around. Like now there's the internet and there's no excuse. If you have any inkling to research a genre a history a scene a town where their music came from the the most basic one that i okay it's all it's all old man yelling at cloud i understand but the most basic one that i never understood why people don't do it i did this my whole life since i was like 12 years old and i first got into rock music you find the bands you like the bands that happen to have fallen in your lap and then you find out who their influences are and you check out their influences. I think I realized like maybe 10 years ago that not everyone does that. And I was floored. Like, I'm like, how do you not do that? How do you claim to love music? That is the most basic base thing you can do. You have a favorite band, Reliant K, you check out their influences. I got into the Descendants because I loved MXPX and then I saw an interview with Tom, not even Mike, but an interview with Tom where he was talking about the Descendants and how that influenced his guitar playing and that's how I checked out the Descendants and then the Descendants 
keys me into a bunch of other stuff. Like, how do you, how have people, how is, everyone should have always been doing that. Like, pay your taxes and find out who the influences of your favorite artists are and then check them out. <laughs> Come on, this loop, John B. I have never once done that. <laughs> That's it. Podcast is over. You get out of this house. That can't pos- That can't be true. What, what, did you, what did you get into first, Frank Sinatra or Michael Bublé? Frank Sinatra. And you've always liked, and there's there's grades. Of I all already of it. knew. Oh, oh. So I got into Frank Sinatra first, and then, and then I discovered Michael Bublé, and then I was like, oh, this is fantastic. The modern version of it. Okay. Yeah. And you know, I was like, yeah, I know. You all already these knew his influence. I already knew like, his you didn't influences. Even have to, so yeah. you're good. <laughs> it's like i already know what the influence is for this well i already know dean martin and, and all those other bands some of the stuff that i do is deep cut stuff like i go on Bandcamp and i just hunt on Bandcamp for bands that i've never heard of i don't expect everyone to do that i go on discogs and i type in a genre and then i purposely and then i'll type in countries and years and just start looking through the album covers until I see an album cover because I can only go by the album cover when I search in this way on Discogs until I see an album cover or a band name I've never heard of and I'm like let me check out that Italian ska band I've never heard of let me check out that Japanese punk band I've never heard of I don't expect a lot of people to necessarily do that but find out the influences of the bands you like and then go check them out and you might not even like their influences but it'll just make you appreciate their music more whatever i'm 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 afraid <laughs> to ask what else you have for us <laughs> i have another mouth i have another fistful <laughs> for everyone of me waving my hand at the cloud stop peeking the levels <laughs> sorry so Reliant K did play this song live in concert a number of times, seemingly after the album came out. So here's one that is probably, these not a lot of these are dated on uh, YouTube. They're just like uploaded and then they just have to go by the date of the YouTube upload. But this one is the San Francisco Apple Store performance that we have seen a couple of times when we've done five score songs. And they do a lot of the same songs at that Apple San Francisco store performance that uh, they do on the Live at Capitol video as well. So here, this is uploaded by Nikki Y. Nikki Y uploaded this version of Reliant K. They wield a full piano, not a like not a grand piano, but you know a full upright piano into the Apple Store in San Francisco. And the boys from Canton played Sloop John B. on April 14th, 2007. Come on, the captain assured, let me 
Pretty much the same as the Capitol Records performance, but just a little tinnier through someone's 2007 phone. Yeah, but I mean, that's one of the great things about Reliant K is that they, they play, they're so on. They're always like so on. They always sound so good. Right. Uh, so let's hear it with electric instruments. This is a 2009 performance that is unmarked after this Hotels.com commercial. I don't have, I still don't have... Uh, YouTube Premium. So this is uploaded by Kenneth Young. Oh, and (laughs) speaking of old man yells at Cloud, there's a lot of very obnoxious chatter around the the camera from the people in the crowd here. So that'll be fun. (laughs) This is from... This is uploaded. This is from Cleveland, Dan. (laughs) Yeah, it might be from Cleveland. This is from 2009, April uh, 26, 2009 is when the YouTube video was uploaded, but no reference on this upload by Kenneth Young of exactly where this was, or if it's even the same date it was uploaded. Hi, guys. Let the man speak. <laughs> you know, song kind of done the way the Beach Boys kind of do. So, this is Slip Jumping. What? 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 <laughs> Did you say this is going to be high 75? I don't like rain right now. I don't understand what all these people are talking about. Well, I don't think that that the folks in Florida like rain right now either, since it's coming with a hurricane attached. 13 years later. someone in the crowd to be like do you say break it's broke up it's not break up i just love that the narrator and his grandfather are going around town getting drunk the night before they go set sail (laughs) somewhere and getting into fights like that's great that sounds like a dungeons and dragons adventure i'm I'm here for it that's a great relationship with your grandpa (laughs) 
The attention of this crowd is very split. Like some people are paying attention and clapping along and having fun. And there's a lot of chitter chatter, a lot of chitter chatter. Like the people, the two people directly in front of the camera are like facing each other, talking. Like the band is on stage. (laughs) Are you from that Detroit 2000 show that we always ridicule, where all all those youth groupers had no idea that they were seeing Reliant K in their first year? Oh, yeah, there is a difference I've heard in the lyrics as well. The people's trunk or the captain's trunk. That's a difference I've heard in different versions as well when I was checking out ones. And here, I can't remember what they sing in the... (laughs) Do they say the people's trunk? I think he's... I could... I'm not going back to check. we got to move forward. So, uh, let me check this out real quick. Okay, well, I'm looking at the rest of Kenneth Young's uploads. Some of these we have talked about. At least we made it this far. Up and up, and none of them mention where this concert is. Oh, but the cover of Big Trucks, the Page of the Lion song, the only Page of the Lion song that doesn't leave me with a feeling of uh, maybe life isn't worth living. <laughs> like the only the the Reliant K covered the song, and I listened to this cover, and I didn't realize it's the same channel. No, you know what? I've realized like I'm done with Page of the Lion. We've talked about him here and there, but uh, Magnified Pod recently did the Page of the Lion discography, and I never listened to later day. I didn't listen to much later day Page of the Lion, and I completely skipped what apparently a lot of people consider his best album, which is the Control album. As I was listening to the Magnified Pod episodes, which go back to the beginning of the summer, I had to eventually like skip out their album talk on those episodes because i was like literally hearing david bazan's voice especially in the later years i'm not being facetious and hyperbole it makes me like feel like i don't need to exist it makes me feel so depressed it like triggers very negative bad emotions and i can't listen to page of the line anymore look dan i know not everybody really liked angel but buffy was okay oh david what was his David Bazan, you're right, you're right. Like I wonder if they're related. David Bronis or something. No, David Boreanaz. <laughs> there you go. I know they're not related. I was also being joking. <laughs> you be joking. I dear. was also be joking. So there, <laughs> so there are two covers that specifically reference uh, the... Oh, and of course, wait, before I go on to that, of course, there's one other case of Reliant K doing a beach boys thing and we didn't get to see it at our performances and it's not on youtube <laughs> uh Thiessen would play a little bit of god only knows in during oh, the nice. tour, and i can't actually find on youtube a clip of that happening oh man that sounds oh well great that's the other big thing that i wrote down a note and i did not find a youtube cover so there's two covers by fans. 
that specifically reference that they are doing this inspired by Reliant K's cover. Great. None of them are like, here is the Reliant K song. <laughs> you know, they're not saying that, but they are saying, here's the Beach Boys song, but we're doing this based off of Reliant K's cover. So this is like teen girls in their bedroom with a stuffed, with a fake toy stuffed lion. Almost a uh, life, life size there. <laughs> yeah. This is uploaded by Guitar Girl X3, but guitar is spelled with two eyes. Come on, the sloop John B. My grandfather and me. Around Nassau town we do roam. Drinking all night. Got into a fight. Oh, yeah. Well, it is inspired by the Reliant K version if they yep. say break and not broke. And so this is cute. The brunette girl is playing. There's a brunette girl and a blonde girl. The brunette girl's playing the guitar, and the blonde girl's sitting right next to her, and she's tapping on the body of the guitar as the percussion. It's adorable. Here we go. So let's up the John B. Sale. That's great. I love it's it. Super cute. That's love really it. cute. <laughs> the 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 comment uh, the description says ignore the giant tiger. Oh, we'll have that stricken from the and record. We, and we know we got we know we got some of the words wrong. We kind of mixed the original and Reliant K's version. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. And then this is a group performing live. This is three. Yeah, live on a stage. I can't see what the audience is, but this looks like a cafeteria stage, possibly some sort of church or some sort of community center. It may or may not be even Christian. I'm just saying it looks like one of those like spaces that's not just meant for music. It could be meant for, <laughs> for right. speakers. It could be meant for lunch. It's one of those kind of spaces. Um, and the camera's on these three men, two guitars, and one guy is sitting on a cajone. Or, you know, that one of those cajone boxes. Church, so, church function for yep, sure. They did the most Christian of instruments, the cajone. <laughs> this is uploaded by Mayflowers in June, the YouTube channel. And this is there. It says Reliant... I'm oh, sorry. It says Sloop John B. Beach Boys cover inspired by the Reliant K cover of this classic made popular by the Beach Boys. Recorded at the corporate Christmas party in Mitchell, Manitoba, December 4th. 2013. Oh, wow. Okay. Corporate of what? We may never know. Nope, you failed the Reliant K test. You said broke.
Stuff. Very enjoyable. A, a rollicking good Christmas party for the corporate. You've been working all year at your corporate job. Time to in unwind. Manitoba. In Manitoba. Time to unwind with some Beach Boys covers. So that's kind of it for Reliant K and covers inspired by Reliant K. But before all right, let's we, get out of here. <laughs> but before we go, there's just a couple of other notable covers artists that I'm familiar with or artists that I actually specifically enjoy. So, I, <laughs> well, there's a million Thank covers. Thank you for making the distinction. There's a million covers of Sloop John B. But these are the artists that I, you know, have some personal relationship with. So this is, the first one is, uh, and they'll go in order of what I find to be the, you know, cooler covers. Okay. So, uh, Oh, it's not coming up now. Oh, that's right. This one's not called Sloop John B. This one's called Let Me Go Home. This is Let Me Go Home by Johnny Cash. I Want to Go Home. So Johnny Cash recorded this. Oh, cool. And it's called I Want to Go Home. This is on his 1959. Oh, so this is before the Beach Boys as well. Yep. So this is probably after the Kingston Trio version. Uh, yeah, like don't remember what it said to say, like 57. Okay. I can't remember now. So this is just a couple years after the Kingston Trio version. Johnny Cash did a version on his songs, Songs of Our Soul. Also, oh, no. I was going to say also on Capitol Records. No, it says Columbia Records. I used to get Capitol and Columbia mixed up in my head so much at the beginning of this podcast. I've gotten that. I've, I'm, much, I'm better at that now, though. I don't mix up Columbia and Capitol nearly as much as I did. So what do you think of this one? It's fun. It's just a fun little song. It's just a fun little ditty. It's real short, too. It's only... Wow, it's real short compared to the other ones. This is only, like, two minutes? How, how long is this? This is less than two minutes. This comes in in a minute and 57 seconds. A nice, short Johnny Cash song. Um... And then there's Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Nice. Did you realize that they did this? I had not remembered that. I probably had this album, though. <laughs> this is from Blow in the Wind. Me First and the Gimme Gimmies, Blow in the Wind. Yeah, I had that one. So they start here with a little Ramones rip on purpose. There's a couple of songs where they do that, where they take a classic punk rip riff, and they kind of like intertwine it with the song they're about to cover right and the biggest lyric they change here oh here let's hear a little bit of the song we're not going to edit these in later so just enjoy them in the room he says broke okay so here's where they get really going and I want to find this one lyric. I should have written down the time code. 
There it is. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. And I don't have to bleep that because the rule about bleeping swears on this podcast is we bleep them when they're unnecessary, when they're, uh, what's the word for unnecessary? Gratuitous. Gratuitous. When we gratuitously swear, we bleep it. But by referencing this as song material that exists in the world, it is therefore not gratuitous, so we don't have to bleep it. And that is the big lyrical change that they make. And then in the second, and then in the end part of the song, you can really hear Fat Mike, because you know Fat Mike from No Effects is in this band. Did I you know did that? not know that. This is a punk supergroup. Oh, All the okay. members of this band are in other big punk. There, you can hear Fat Mike singing right there. Just, just like how you can suss out John Warren's classic Ace Troubleshooter vocals <laughs> on the Relying K version, you can suss out Fat Mike in the background of the Me First and the Gimme Gimme's version. Uh, two more versions I just wanted to cover real quick. There is also, this is probably the version I have heard the most in my life. This one they call Wreck of the Sloop John B. And this is Catch-22, the ska band. From one of my, This is honestly one of my favorite ska punk albums alone in the crowd which i know that everyone loves tom koloski the guy who left catch 22 to start uh, straight light manifesto and they think cassidy knights is the best one i love this one the best i love this album the best so this is like a punk there's even horns in this it's just a punk version <laughs> i never thought about it until right now but this isn't a ska punk version this is just a punk version there's no horns so catch 22 on one of my favorite ska punk albums of all time it's just a punk version that's cool though whatever but that's okay because here's the last one if you were aching for a ska a ska version oh i thought thought this was going to be a clay aching cover for a second well i was setting up a pun this is laurel aitken aitken I actually don't know how to pronounce his name out loud. This is a classic 60s first wave ska musician, Laurel Atkin. Nice. Even though I don't know how to pronounce his last name, I have a number of these of his CDs. I used to listen to these albums all the time when I learned about first wave ska. So I don't know when this date's from because like a lot of first first wave ska musicians from the actual like first wave times, their albums are just repressed and repackaged and uploaded multiple times. So you can never tell where the first one is from. So here it is. A real ska version of Sloop John B. And this is the one that's titled parenthesis Sloop. And parenthesis, John B. Hmm. So, Jessica. Yes. What do you think? We'll just focus on Reliant K. What do you think of Reliant K's cover of Sloop John B? Love it. You love it? Do you like it more than you ever did before? Heck yeah. Awesome. Me too. Nice. Beach Boys version, I like it about the same. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously, the Beach Pet Sounds is a hugely popular album. It's an amazing, influential album. Wait, did I say Beach Boys? Pet Sounds? Pet Sounds? What did I say? Who knows what I said? I don't know what I say anymore. Pet <laughs> Sounds is a really important album. I've listened to it a lot. I don't have those special feelings for the Pet Sounds album overall. I understand how it's very, very good, but I don't like 
always jump to it myself just because I wasn't raised on it. But you know what I have done? I looked into the Beach Boys influences and I uh, I d- discovered those. Thanks for listening, folks. I want to go home. We are home. There's still another 20 seconds left in this song. Oh, we'll just let it play out. Laura Atkin also keeping it short. I'm pretty sure the original version is short. Oh, well. I read through some of those lyrics.